Blog Talk Radio. Archangels, ghosts, and Bigfoot, oh my. It's just another night for supernatural girls. Real stories, real answers to life's biggest supernatural mysteries. And now, for another exciting interview with paranormal experts from this world and others. Here's your host, paranormal researcher Patricia Baker, on the one, the only, Supernatural Girls. Welcome, everyone, to another exciting episode of Supernatural Girls Radio. I'm your host, Patricia Baker, and I'm here again with my co-host, Trooper That She Is, Patricia Kirkman, PK. I know you're hanging in there tonight, still recovering from your surgery. How you doing? I'm doing a lot better. Listening to that energetic voice of yours is enough to upbeat everybody. You're good <laughs> for me. You're the oh, tonic well, I needed, honey. I'm so glad to hear that, and I'm so glad you're with us tonight, because as you know, we have two incredible guests and a great book to talk about, and it's a very important topic. How many times have you heard me harp on this about dreams, right? Uh, Since that's your forte to begin with, and then you add this to (laughs) us, probably at least a couple thousand. Yeah, at least, at least, because you know what? I am all in for this, and that's why I cannot wait to get our guests on the show. Kathleen O'Keefe Canavas is here with us, and she's going to join us for the whole show, but we're going to be talking exclusively to her for the first half an hour, and then Dr. Larry Burke is going to join us around uh, 8 o'clock Eastern tonight. And so then we're going to have both of them on to talk about this incredible research project they've been involved with and so much more. But before we get to that, before I introduce Kathleen, tell me, PK, what's going on with the numbers? Oh, geez. Well, we're still doing the tail end of, of the retrograde. I, you know, there's no nice way of putting it. It's We've got about five days left for it to keep kicking us in the backside. But take a deep breath and maybe we'll blow it away, nothing else. But the other thing to think about is that when we're taking a look at what's happening today, the month, the day, and the identical. And it deals with the number six, which also deals with lessons to be learned, spirituality, and alternative ways of healing. Couldn't have asked for a better day to do our show, could we? I know. It's perfect timing. That is for sure. I mean, absolutely perfect. I'm so so happy that we're handling this topic tonight and passing on even more information to our audience about this. So that's terrific. And I had to mention to you, I know I mentioned it last week when we first started, but I wanted to reiterate again today that our phone number for the show becomes a seven, which is our spirituality, and it's the number of the teacher and the student. Now, how much more could we ask for for all these neat things to come together? I know. It's It's perfect. And so everybody knows what the phone number is. I will repeat it. It is 563-999-3539, and you'll be immediately placed on um, in a mute room, so you'll be able to hear the show, and then if you have questions during the show, I'll get to you, and we'll have you ask your questions to Kathleen and to Dr. Burke, so 
this is a great call-in system. I'm so much happier with this one. It's easy for our listeners to just call right in and get their questions answered. Now, last week, I just want to mention again, we had Corby Mitleid on. She did incredible Mm -hmm. New York-style tarot readings. And for our entire audience, she's offering a half-price reading deal. So if you want a reading from Corby, she was great. She was great. You you can go to her website, CorbyMitleid.com. That's M-I-T-L-E-I-D. And you can schedule something with her. Just mention that you're an audience member of Supernatural Girls to get your half-price discount. But we've got some some kind of sad news tonight. I just want to mention this briefly because I'm sure everybody knows right now. Um, radio host Art Bell, who started it all with Paranormal Radio. So anyways, it's sad to me because I loved Art. He was one of the all-time greats. And he was a longtime resident in Nevada and a radio show host, and he died at 72. He had an estimated 10 million listeners. And at the time of his retirement, it was the most listened to late night radio program and fourth overall. And that is from ABC News Report. So God bless you, Art. You opened the door on paranormal radio for all of us, and we can't thank you enough. Rest in peace. That it's a sad it was a sad thing when I heard he passed away. So yeah. anyway. We also have on our Facebook page a tremendous amount of news. So I want to urge everybody to go there. Make sure you follow us. We have a video there you don't want to miss. It looks a lot like the Phoenix Lights, except it happened in Baja, Mexico. And a woman by the name of Sarah Adams saw it, took the video and posted it on her Facebook page. And it looks a lot like the Phoenix Lights. So Anyways, take a look at that. It's pretty incredible, and you'll hear her narrative of the whole experience. The other thing on our Facebook page that's very cool is the finger taps video. Don't miss that one. It's it's very heartwarming, and it just speaks to where we are all connected. Don't miss that one either. So go to our Facebook page. Be sure to sign up for our newsletter, The Fringe Files. And you will be on the list for all the exciting stuff that we're up to. But, again, tonight is a very special show with very special guests. And our first guest tonight, I'm going to bring her on with us. Her name is Kathleen O'Keefe Canavas. And she has been doing research on dreams and studying dreams for many, many, many years. And... She herself is a three-time breast cancer survivor whose premonitory dreams pointed her in the direction of the correct diagnosis and treatment, which saved her life. She's also a professional radio host, and I can't wait to have her on the air with us. She's here right now. So, Kathleen, welcome to the show. Well, thank you, Patricia and PK. I'm so happy to be here. I love your intro. I I love that music. That was just awesome. (laughs) Oh, thank you. (laughs) Well, it's great to have you here. And again, the name of the book, I wish we were on video tonight so everybody could see this gorgeous book, Dreams That Can Save Your Life, Early Warning Signs of Cancer and Other Diseases. Incredibly well-written book. It is terrific. Uh, Both PK and I, we highly recommend this to everybody. But you've got a very personal story to share, Kat. And Let's hear from you. How did this all get started for you in your life? You've been a long-time dreamer. So tell us about all of this for you and what it means. 
Well, I, I have been a, um, a long-time dreamer. I mean, I've always dreamt, but I didn't really pay attention to my dreams um, until they refused to be ignored. And I had just, I, I was like 39, I think, at the time, and I had gone in for my normal mammograms and, you know, blood tests and physicals, all that stuff that we do every single year to make sure that we're still healthy, right? And yeah. um, the doctor told me I was healthy, you know, picture of health, playing tennis, scuba diving, riding horses, all that stuff. I was so active. And I started having the strangest dreams, Patricia and PK. I mean, they were oh, strange wow. even for me because I would go to sleep and then I'd have a normal dream, you know, like you're, you know, doing whatever it is that you're doing in your dream, flying around or, you know, in a field or whatever it is. And all of a sudden the dream would freeze. It would stop like time had stood still. And I'd get a pop-up in the dream like you get a pop-up on a computer and and it's impossible to get rid of it. It would just and you can kind of see through it and stuff's going on through that window. And then that window or that pop up would turn into a door and a Franciscan monk would step through the door and say to me, You need to come with me because I have something to tell you. So I would step through this doorway with him into what I call the room between realms. And in there I never did this before, so th this was new. Room between realms, and the door would close up behind me, so like I was stuck in there. <laughs> it wasn't like I could turn around and run out. Nope, I was there. And there were other monks in there, and they were dressed in these brown robes with the, with the hoods that came up, covered their face, so I couldn't really see their face. And they had rope belts on that were tied in knots and, and sandals on, brown sa leather sandals, real simple dress. And they took my hand. Uh, over a three-month period, this would happen constantly. They would, uh, this pop-up would happen. I would go in and they would say, you need to go back to your doctors and tell them that you have breast cancer. And so oh over this three-month period, they would then walk me back through this window and the, the, the pop-up would disappear and my dream that I had before the window would start right back up and I'd be right back in that dream. So Incredible. over a three-month period... This would happen, and I'd go back to my doctors, and I'd say, you know, I know something is wrong. And they kept giving me the same mammograms, blood tests, physical exams. And finally, the third time, when the spirit guide monk took me into the room between realms, I started crying. And I said, look, I know you're telling me that I have breast cancer. You've put my hand on there. I can feel it. But nobody else can feel it. And the doctors won't give me any other tests. They keep giving me the same mammograms, blood tests, physicals. If I have breast cancer and you want me to live, do something to help me. And so the monk Good for you. reached into his dream. I love it. Yep. He reached into his pocket and he pulled out a little teeny tiny feather, like the ones your, your listeners right now might see on their floor in the morning that came out of their uh -huh. pillow. And he said, if you yeah. take this feather back to your doctor tomorrow morning without an appointment and you use this feather like a sword, you're going to get the test you need, which is exploratory surgery. Nothing else is going to show it. So oh, I my did. God. I went back to my doctor and I said, I want you to do exploratory surgery. Well, he looked at me like I had just set myself on fire. <laughs> you know, the look on his face. And he's going, no, I can't do that. That's against my policy and mine. And I imagined that little feather from the monk 
And I imagined pointing it at him. And I said, I need you to help me. I know something is wrong. I don't have anywhere else to go. And you know, it was like somebody glimmered him, like a vampire walked in the room and glimmered him. And he said, okay. He went out, made an appointment. Long story short, they found I was in stage two aggressive breast cancer with it in my lymph node. Oh, my Lord. My Lord. Oh, my God. And that brings me to the book. Thank you for that in. You know, warning signs, early warning signs of cancer and other diseases. The dreams were warning me three months before I had to start surgeries and chemo and radiation and losing my hair if they had listened. Yeah. I mean, unfortunately we hear this a lot, uh, not just for cancer, but for other types of chronic illnesses that oftentimes right. people have to really become a warrior to mm-hmm. get the right diagnosis. And then mm-hmm. the right treatment. But God bless you. I mean, those monks. Now, did you have an affinity for monks? I mean, why did they show up as your your guidance in this dream and all over the, the three-month period, all those dreams? I have no idea. I'm not no. Catholic. <laughs> I don't. I, I, I have no idea. I didn't even know what kind of monks they were until my husband and I were walking down a street in New York, and there was a Franciscan monk convention. And I screamed to my husband, <laughs> there's one, there's one. And he goes, what are you talking about? I said, there's a monk. That's the monk in my dreams. There they were, a whole bunch oh, of them. something. <laughs> Just incredible. Just incredible. Now, you had to dig deep to get that strength to confront the doctor that day you went in for an appointment. So you really did envision that feather and you thought about Mm -hmm. the monk. Is that what helped you to get the strength to take a stand? It did. And, you know, because I had enough time between that dream where the monk said, you know, you go back tomorrow morning without an appointment. Don't even make the appointment. You show up on their step. And basically he was saying, you don't take no for an answer. You do not be dismissed. You be a squeaky wheel until they are so sick of seeing you that they give you whatever you want so you'll go away. And what's really important about this, Patricia and PK, is they did not tell me to go find Swami Wami Rama Lama Ding Dong because I'd have done it. I'd have done it at that point. They said, you go back to your doctors. Mm -hmm. So I'm thinking that the reason I had that and the reason they wanted me to go back to the doctors was because they knew with their ability to see into the future that I was going to write this book, which was going to mm-hmm. change medicine, the way we look at dreams as a diagnostic tool. That's well, that's what we that's want fabulous. to see. I mean, it, it really does need to happen. And I think you and Dr. Burke are the two people to get this done. Uh, this I know I've I've talked about this on the air before. I'm going to do it again because I've often suggested to people strongly that they keep track of their dreams. And when I was a dream therapist for 20 years, and it was many years ago, I'm not going to date myself, but it was many years ago, people didn't have a problem picking up a, a journal and writing their dreams down. But now today what I'm seeing is a lot of people don't want to make the effort, even though they can put it right on their 
electronic devices, whether it be an iPhone, an Android, or their, their own computer. There's something that has a, a switch has flipped with a lot of people, and they just want the magic pill. And it's sad because they're missing out not only on life-saving dreams like this, but also some of the richness that dreams have to offer about everything in your life. So I'm so grateful that you wrote this book. They yes. are. That is so true. Yes. Hey, Kathleen, did mm-hmm. they give you any static because of insurance? Because many times that, it makes people fearful of trying to push things, even though they know that they need to. Yeah, you know, I I just kept pushing it, and finally, he's you know, when he said, I, I can't do this because it's against hospital policy and my policy, you have to think about, you know, the repercussions from anesthesia, blah, 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 mm-hmm. blah, blah. And, and so I realized that if I were not supposed to get this surgery, my spirit guides as the monks would not have come into my dreams and turned right. me around and pushed me back through this door. So it gave me confidence that I had somebody on my side. And I know a lot of your dream, your, your dreamer listeners right now are going, yeah, but you know, I, I, how would I do that? Know that you have a bigger power behind you than the doctor standing in front of you, you know, and, and one of the, one of the quotes that I have on a poster I'm sending around is don't tell God how big your problems are. Tell your problems how big your God is. Basically, that's what I walked oh, in I there that. doing with that tiny feather. Beautiful. <laughs> yeah, you know, don't, don't tell me what you can't do because this army of monks behind me, they're going to pull their rulers out of their out of their pockets, and they're going to smack your little hands till they're raw. <laughs> oh, oh I love it. Oh, that, God. It's just tremendous. Now, do you, are you a member of a dream group, or what do you do for, to keep your own dreaming experience moving forward? Well, I, I keep a journal, obviously, because, you know, my dreams are so important, and especially when I was going through treatment. It's, it's never so important as when you are in crisis, because at that point, they were giving me information like, don't use butter while you're on chemo, use ghee. <laughs> I'm like, ghee, what the heck is that? How do you spell that? You know, I remember a couple times saying to them in my dream, how do I spell that? How do I get that back with me? And uh, so then I found out there is such a thing as ghee, and I have been cooking with it, and it's pretty cool stuff. It's like clarified butter. You know, basically you put butter in a jar and leave it out on your counter, and it separates, and you take the stuff off the top, Um, you know, and it's fabulous. So. I got a lot of information from them while I was going through my treatment and they stood behind me and they, and they basically said, you know, especially the second time, oh my gosh, Patricia and PK, the second time when the doctors were still using mammograms instead of MRIs to watch for recurrence and I had it and my, my um, spirit guides were saying, you go back. No, 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 no. You go back and you stand there. And then when I had the mammogram done again, all of a sudden, one of the spirit guides orbed into the room with me, and I'm not making this up because it was validated by a pathology report. I was having my mammograms read in front of me by, uh, you know, a, a doctor, and he said, "You're healthy, Mrs. Cannabis. Congratulations, you hit your five-year period. You're fine." And I had a guide orb into the room. It was really freaky. And he said, you tell him to look right here. And my guide pointed to a spot on the mammogram. 
that was up on the wall on the mammography backlit. And I said, what about right here? And he turned in his stool and he looked at me and he said, that's not the breast that has breast cancer. This one is over here. You're fine. Go home. And I ran downstairs to L2 to where they, they do radiology. And I said to the chief of radiology, I said, I need an MRI. And he said, you know what? I just talked to the doctor upstairs. We think you're having a bit of a breakdown. And it's very understandable at this time with everything that you've gone through. So go home. And uh, you're going to be fine. And that night, I mean, there must have been an army of monks that marched through and they said, you go back and you get an MRI. We don't care how you do it. We're going to be there with you. You do it. So I went back, and you're going to love this one. I went back. I showed up in his waiting room with my husband. My husband is 6'2". He's Greek. He's a big guy. Nobody messes oh, with him. He stood in the that. corner and shook because I looked at the at the doc, the secretary and I said, I want an MRI. She goes, I didn't give you the first one. Well, you didn't get the first one here. You have to go to back to wherever you got the first one. I think it was up on the ninth floor. I went to the ninth floor. They said, we didn't give you the first one. Go back down to L2. I went down to oh. L2. They sent me back up to the ninth floor. I walked oh, into God. that office seething. And I said, that's it. I'm done with the runaround. You get me that appointment, and I don't care how. And the doctor walked through the doors because I think they hit the emergency button. And I said, I'm not leaving. I'm going to lie down here on your floor like a two-year-old and kick (laughs) my feet and scream, and you're going to have to call security to drag me out by my heels, and I'm going to be on my cell phone to channel two as I'm going out the front door. I got my MRI. He was not happy. I was in stage four, nine by 11 centimeter tumor. Oh, my oh, God. Stage four. Jeez. Oh, wow. Well, thank God you did, did what ever apologize? you did. Did they ever apologize for how they treated you when you were right? No, no, they didn't. They, but they did run for the hills. My records disappeared. Quite a few of my re- but it didn't matter because I had copies of everything. I already knew this was going to happen. They had copies of everything, so I didn't care what they did. I had an army of monks behind me, and you just don't mess with them. That's right. Well, you have the best spirit guys I've ever heard about. This is amazing. And, you know, this is, again, this is what everybody needs to do in the healthcare system. I think the people who are most at risk here for any illness are the people who just hand it over to their doctor and say, fix me, because mm-hmm. the doctor not have all the answers so here's proof of that and i'm not saying anything bad about doctors but Mm-mm. this is something we all have to step up to do is to be able to partner doctors in this and they also need to learn how to listen a little better they do and that's what you know that is uh pk that is one of the strongest messages in this book all of these women all of these men these 42 stories are how they self-advocated to the point that they were a pain in the butt. They did not take no for an answer. And the one woman who did died. That only that one person died. See, that's, that's the truth. I mean, it's, oh, my goodness. God bless you for having these amazing monks in your life. And also <laughs> Thank you. having courage to work with them because it must have been a little bit disconcerting to be in a regular dream and then have this pop in and the door close behind you and yeah, all of a scary. sudden 
you're yeah, you're actually having a, it's like you went through a portal and mm-hmm. you started talking to these beings from another dimension who were there to help you. That mm-hmm. it was just an incredible experience. My goodness. And now you've had friends that have gone through similar things, right? Oh yes, the book is full of them. One of one of the stories that I picked out just for your show because I knew you would love this, especially with what you were talking about in your introduction uh to the show. This one woman had a dream where she she was she was diagnosed with uh aggressive uterine cancer stage 4 she was given a very short time to live only a 5% chance of surviving if she took the chemotherapy that was available she had a 2 year old she was devastated and she went to bed and she had a dream where a silver spaceship showed up and these beings these little beings got out i mean this 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 is better than my monks these little beings got out came down to her and said you need interferon and she said what and they said you need interferon and she's going for what and they said the chemo you need interferon remember that and they got in their spaceship and left so the oh, next her- day she goes to the doctor and she says i had a dream and in the dream i was told i need interferon she goes i don't know what that is but i need interferon and he her doctor was devastated he, he was like shocked he goes oh my gosh that's not even really out yet that has just been introduced as a chemotherapy, but I'll see if I can get it for you. And she's still alive today, and that was like 20 years ago. Oh, my, my God. See that. Isn't that, well, those little oh. aliens came through that time. It's great. They did. <laughs> but that also proves, Patricia and PK, that there is another realm. I walked through it through the door. The other realm visited her in a spaceship. There is another realm. Death is not the final frontier it's the beginning of something new that's true oh, that's absolutely look forward to and hope about yes that i mean that's absolutely well said cat amazing uh, yes and i love this there was one of the stories in the book that i had marked that i wanted to talk to you about and you were reading my mind and brought it up right away i loved it i mean just the fact that she received help from the aliens and i think everybody in our audience is going to love that one too um, and again, the name of the book is Dreams That Can Save Your Life, Early Warning Signs of Cancer and Other Diseases. So this book, I want to let everybody know, it's not just about people diagnosed with cancer. You have a whole list of chapters in the back of the book where you have di- people diagnosed with diabetes and and mm-hmm. also all all kinds of other illnesses that came through. A lot of skin cancer stuff came through in dreams to people. And mm-hmm. again, where people paid attention to it and they knew something was seriously wrong and they demanded certain tests and treatment and they're fine today. So yes. it's not, not just about cancer. This book is about listening to your dreams for all kinds of things. That's great. Yeah. The, the cancer was basically just the backbone to this book. Dr. Larry Burke's research because, you know, it was the backbone for the book. But then we found that all these other stories were coming in because the the short story of the book is, you know, Larry had done all this research on these women. And I said, so what are you going to do with all this information? And he said, well, I'm going to put it into medical journals. And I said, that's great, but it's not going to really reach people. Let's write a book. And he was like, oh, God, write a book. You know, I don't have time to write a book. I'm, I'm still working, and, and I don't even have an agent. I said, but I have an agent for my first book. So wow. let me write a proposed 
book proposal. Basically, I'm going to write a proposal about what we're going to do. We haven't done it yet. You write a chapter. I'll write a chapter. I'll get Dr. Bernie Siegel to write a chapter, and we'll send that in with the proposal. And my agent is going, you want me to do what? And I said, go ahead, try it. So she sent it to all these publishing houses, and in two weeks, we had a bidding war going. And two weeks oh. after that, we signed a contract. And four months after that, we had to send in, send in the manuscript, and we didn't have any stories yet, except oh. for the backbone of the book. And they just started showing up. I think my monks were out there rounding people up and throwing them onto social media so that they could find us and we could find them, which brings me to this statement for your listeners. If you've got a story about a dream that diagnosed an illness or a condition or something in life, and then it was validated, send it to us because we're already being um, prompted by our publisher for a second book. So send it to me, Can K-A-T-K-A-N, at Comcast.net, and put Dream Story in the subject line. And we're going to get ready to put those next stories together. And they're not all going to be cancer. They're not all going to be illness. They can be conditions. Like in the book, there's that one condition where the woman was told in the dream, do not have sex. I mean, that wasn't cancer. Right. That was a great story. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, she was. That's another thing that I wanted to bring up because PK and I were talking about this earlier. So many people, and you're included in this heard a voice. I mean, the voice, you know, that comes through and says, don't do this or make sure you do that. And that's one of the things that sets these dreams apart from regular every night dreaming. Right? Right, right. It's that cocktail party effect that I talk about. And and yeah. uh, for all your listeners, you know, you go to a cocktail party or something and you've got a hundred people talking. The chatter is so loud in the room. And then all of a sudden, this name, you know, Fred, comes into your mind from all the way across the room, and he's your ex-boyfriend. And you suddenly realize all the way across that room that somebody's talking about your ex-boyfriend. Or you hear your name from another group. Same thing happens in the dreams. There's so much going on in our dreams. They're just, you know, they're just a whirlwind. And that voice can have the same effect, that cocktail party effect. You hear your name, you're paying attention, and then you get directions. Amazing thing. I mean, there's a lot that's been said about the oversoul. Do you think the voice that people hear is the oversoul talking to them? It could be. It definitely could be. You know, some people call it inner guidance, uh, your physician within, which I did meet, and it's in this book as well. I actually met her. She came out and introduced herself to me and gave me her name. So, yes, absolutely, you you speak to yourself. That oversoul speaks to you because you're so distracted by all the chatter that they've got to get your attention or you're going to die. Right. And that's part of the problem, I think, that people face today. There are so many distractions out there. So creating time to go inside, it's, hey, it's the perfect time. It's when you're sleeping. Mm-hmm. You're sleeping half yes. the anyway. Why not pay attention to those yeah. dreams instead of worrying about how am I going to carve out enough space in my day for meditation or yoga? I mean, you've got a whole night's worth of sleep that you can use to go inside and get answers. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So That's absolutely wanna- right. 
So, well, well, I just wanted to offer to all your listeners, um, if you, if when you buy the book today, if you go to my website, KathleenO'KeefeCannabis.com, keep the receipt for your book because only your listeners today can put their receipt into a little pocket there for them, and they can download my video dream course. It's a 101 dream course, and it's all video, so they get to watch it. You don't have to read it, and it's only for them. They have to have their receipt. Nobody else that goes to the website can do that except your listeners. Oh, what a wonderful gift. How lucky for them. Yes, thank you. So, everybody, make sure you get a copy of this book, and then save your receipt so that you can go Mm -hmm. to Kat's website. And, Kat, would you tell us your website again for this? Yes, it's Kathleen, K-A-T-H-L-E-E-N, O'Keefe, O-K-E-E-F-E, Cannabis, K-A-N-A-V-O-S, dot com. Perfect. And we'll also post that on our Facebook page tomorrow for everybody to see, because I know a lot of people, they can't make our time Wednesday nights, mm-hmm. but they tune in for a podcast later. So we'll make sure that that's also on the Facebook page. Now, what about your husband? Does he do the dream work too or not? He, you know, he does. That's a great question, Patricia, because I actually wrote in my first book, Surviving Cancerland, that if I had been married to anybody else with some of the things that were going on in our house, while, you know, the the other world, the other side, the dream world was trying to save me, uh, you, you, you know, you would have seen my husband running down the driveway at midnight in his, <laughs> in his bare feet on his way to the, any attorney's office to get a divorce immediately. It was just all too weird. Um, you know, so... Yes, he does dream like I do, and he is also an author. He wrote the book, Pope Annalisa, which is now uh, being looked at by, I believe it's Netflix. I think they're going to give him an offer this week, and it's going to oh, go into a miniseries. Wow, congratulations. I'll keep us posted on that. Please. I will, yeah. I will, and 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 he uh, was writing that book while I was going through treatment because he's actually a big real estate developer, and at that time we were building Ritz Carltons and, and big hotels all over the place. And when he found out I had breast cancer, he told the company, "I'm staying home, and I'm going to take care of Cat. I'm not, I'm not going to leave her at all." And so, being a Type A personality, he went totally insane, <laughs> and he started <laughs> writing a book. Pope Annalisa, oh. which is about a, a black nun. Isn't it funny? I've got monks, and he gets a, a black African nun who becomes Pope of the Catholic Church to save the world. Oh, my. Now, that's a story oh, and a half. fabulous. We've got to watch mm-hmm. this. Oh, my goodness. Wow. Well, you're a very lucky lady in so many ways, but having a husband by your side like that, who's so devoted to you and your care, I mean, that's amazing. That's amazing. What a gift. Thank you. you. Tell him you said that. He'll be happy. Oh, yeah. Because I know having breast cancer three times is no picnic. I mean, it's got to be awful. And yet at the same time, you had this loving man in your life. Thank God for that. Well, we're going to take a very short commercial break. I'm going to see if I can find Dr. Burke because I know he's been on another show and he's going to jump over to us as soon as he can. So everybody stay tuned. You are listening to Supernatural Girls Radio and we will be right back. Are you ready for a new experience of freedom and powerful connection? 
Would you like a positive, effortless change in your life? Then come to CosmicFusion.com, where we offer the most advanced energy clearing and expansion techniques in the world with a quantum vortex energy to activate your divine blueprint and life's purpose. When your soul leads the way with cosmic fusion and quantum vortex energy, you can break clear of past difficulties and blocks with the power of the source. With cosmic fusion, the source energy does the work for you. It's easy and effortless. Listen to our free meditation right from our Cosmic Fusion website, the Cosmic Code Meditation. Sign up for one of our interactive webinars today. Come to Cosmic Fusion, www.kosmicfusion.com to experience an effortless awakening and transformation. Are you ready for an upgrade? Are you ready for a new experience of living in the fifth dimensional magic and powerful connection? Then visit CosmicFusion.com today. CosmicFusion.com Your property tax bill. Have you seen it lately? It's frightening. Your property taxes are going up while your home value is going down. It's time to fight back and win. For the real truth about the property tax system, get attorney Pat Quintilian's book, are you getting screwed on your property taxes? How to find out and how to fix it. Attorney Quintilian answers all your questions and gives you the facts you need to fight a property tax bill that is spiraling out of control. You'll also read about what happens to property owners who don't check their property records, only to find out too late they're taxed on square footage, fixtures, and even buildings that they don't own. Is this happening to you? Learn your rights. Buy Attorney Pat Quintilian's book today. Are you getting screwed on your property taxes? How to find out and how to fix it. Available on Amazon.com. Astridian is a family of cosmetic products with 98% pure ionized minerals. We combine our science with a blend of essential oils to nourish and take care of your skin's health. How does it work? All Astridian products contain the proprietary redox technology having the capability of simulating an ionic zinc-copper superoxide dismutase effect. This free radical scavenger currently in your body has been diminished by toxins and the daily stresses of life. It is a perfectly balanced mineral complex that all $200 an hour dermatologists, their professors, and ancient history have proven. Redox technology is a process of reducing the skin's oxidation by transferring electrons from a radical state to a stress-free normal condition. Oxidative stress is a form of cellular aging, and as science has proven, a precursor to disease. The free radical theory of aging states that organisms age because cells accumulate free radical damage over time. Damaged cells are not beautiful, but healthy cells are. The Astridium family is presented in four different uses that cover unique benefits to your body. They are the Essential Anti-Aging Series, the Multivitamin Series, Sports Series, and Professional Series. Regain your youth with the power of Astridian. Visit www.astridian.com and inquire. Use the code SUPERNATURAL and receive a 10% discount on your first purchase. Astridian, the beauty of being healthy.
Welcome back, everyone, to Supernatural Girls Radio. I am your host, Patricia Baker. I am here with my co-host, Patricia Kirkman, PK. And you can find Patricia Kirkman at her website, patriciakirkman.com. She's a very famous numerologist, and she offers classes and private readings and lots of wisdom. Right, PK? <laughs> I'm, I'm going to try working at that again. <laughs> I've been on hiatus. I'm going to change it around. <laughs> oh, well, I'm so glad you're here with us tonight. And everybody knows you're still recovering, but you've, you've trooped through to be with us on this very special show. And the name of the book we're talking about tonight, which is so fantastic, is Dreams That Can Save Your Life, Early Warning Signs of Cancer and Other Diseases. And right now we are speaking with a three-time breast cancer survivor, Kathleen O'Keefe Cannabis. So Kathleen, tell us more about your journey with this, because it's not just one time you had breast cancer, it was three times. Mm-hmm. At what point did these monks show up? Was it time number three, or when did they finally make, when did they make their appearance for you? They they made the first appearance with the first cancer, and then they came back when I had the recurrence. And um, then, um, you know, when I wanted to have a, a double mastectomy um, after my treatment, because I'd, I'd had it, I'd had enough. I didn't want to do it anymore. And I knew my body couldn't take any more chemo. Um, the, the doctors that I had would not do it. They kept saying, we're not going to take a healthy breast. Um, and I, the monks came back into my dreams and they said, you have breast cancer in the other breast again too. Um, you know, it's, uh, so I actually had to go to New York and find new doctors, uh, to do the double mastectomy. And I remember going into this doctor's office and trying to convince him to do the the double mastectomy. And the Boston doctors had called them to tell him that I was unstable because I wanted to remove a breast that was perfectly healthy. And the New York doctor said, you know, you have to listen to your doctors. And I remember my husband had stopped breathing when he was sitting behind me. And I practically (laughs) crawled over that desk Mm. to get his eye contact because he was looking everywhere but at me. And I said, no. I said, I am looking for a pilot that can fly my plane while I can't, while I'm under anesthesia. Are you that pilot or not? And so he mm-hmm. said, well, you tell me why you want this breast removed. And I basically said, well, I'd be insane if I didn't and went through everything that I'd gone through. And at the end, he said, you're right. I want to be your pilot. I want to fly your plane. So I'm going to go ahead, despite what everybody said, and do the double mastectomy. And the next day when I walked in there with, I looked like the queen of the Borg. <laughs> I had tubes hanging out everywhere. It was just like scary. I looked in the mirror going, oh, my God, I'm queen of the Borg. I'm seven of nine or something. Actually, it was one of a kind. That's what I would tell my husband. I'm not seven of nine. I'm one of a kind here. And I walked in. He jumped up and ran around his desk and hugged me. I thought it was going to pop. I thought it was going to pop one of my tubes. And he said, I just want to thank you for teaching me something. And I said, what was that? And he said, to listen to my patients, you have breast cancer in the other breast, and it didn't even show up in the MRI. If I hadn't listened to you, you would have had the same fight five or six years from now. And after all the chemo you've had and radiation, you couldn't do radiation again. It would probably be devastating. My God. Thank goodness that Mm. he was able to 
admit that he should he had to listen to you. And that's what all doctors should be doing is listening to their patients and partnering them. And I know there's a term that I read about in your book called the e-patient. Mm-hmm. It's very interesting that we're seeing more and more of this where patients are wanting to do what you did, you know, partner with their doctors, not just hand mm-hmm. over control and say, fix me. And I think that's the key to illness, to, to getting over the illness, to healing, to deeper understanding is to have somebody to work with not somebody that's just going to play God and say, oh, no, you don't have this, when you knew different. Yes. You know your body, and especially women. I mean, you know, this is supernatural girls. Hey, girls, we know what we know. We we have female intuition, and we know when our child is in danger. We know when a family member is sick. We are extremely intuitive because we're much more the right brain thinkers. Our husbands are more the left brain thinkers, unless they're writing Pope Annalisa. You know, they're left brain thinkers. They're juggling the money and they're going to work every day and doing a left brain job in a left brain world. But we remain right brained in order to connect with all of our family and know what's going on, where they are and what's happening when we can't see them because that's what we do as mothers. That's right. And now with the Internet being so full of information, and you talk about this in your book also, mm-hmm. it is like a lot of these people got right on the Internet and did their own research, which is tremendous. And I know some mm-hmm. doctors hate that, but I think oh, it's very – Yeah, I know. But it's empowering. I mean, you have to know – something about what you might have or do have and be able to have an intelligent conversation with your doctor in order to have a partnership. It's, it's just so true. important. It, it, it's sort of like, you know, Patricia, it's sort of like um, when you decide you're going to have a housekeeper come in and keep your house, okay? Before you get a housekeeper to come in and keep your house, you need to know where everything is and you need to know how to clean your house. You need to know how long it takes you to clean your house. Otherwise, how are you going to know if they're not doing a good job? And that's what I, I point out to people all the time when they say, well, I don't really want to research all this stuff because I'm not going to understand this. Figure out how to understand it. Your life depends on it. And you need to arm yourself. And that doctor is then going to know that you're going to partner up with them. You're not just going to be a guinea pig. And that's important. That's right. That's right. Exactly. Very important. That's right. You don't want to be a guinea pig for anybody. You want to be an advocate. You want to save your own life, and you want to make sure you have a good quality of life, which is something you've excelled at, Kat. Good for you. So I see that Dr. Burke is on the board. So I am going to join us in about one second. I want to introduce him to everybody because Larry's a very special MD. He is someone who specializes in teleradiology, Emotional Freedom Technique, EFT, one of my very favorite things. He attended medical school and residency at the University of Pittsburgh and later trained in acupuncture and hypnosis. This is a very unusual doctor. We've got to start talking to Larry right away. Dr. Burke, welcome to the show. Hi, thank you. I'm just leaving uh, another event, and I'm in the car, so I hope, I hope you can hear me. We can hear you just fine. Thank you for taking the time right. out of your busy to speak with us. We've been having a delightful time with Kat and talking about her very personal story and all of the things she learned through this adventure. And then 
you decided to turn this into a research project. Tell us about that. Uh, it was a couple friends of mine had dreams about breast cancer, and they went in and had their mammograms and were both told they were, uh, the mammograms were normal. Uh, one of them insisted on an ultrasound and found the cancer. The other one uh, was a physician who <laughs> I thought the response of the radiologist who was reading the mammogram was quite interesting. Uh, she said to my friend, she said, you don't look happy with the news that you can leave and come back in a year. And she said, no, no, I think I have, I still think I have breast cancer. And so they pulled the mammogram back out and based on where the dream told her the cancer was, they looked at the mammogram again and sure enough found the small cancer. Wow. There it is again, everybody. You got to follow your own instincts. So, here are your friends, and you said one of them was a physician who went through this. And, again, we're not saying anything bad about doctors, but what we are saying tonight is you have to trust yourself. You've got to go inside and get your inner guidance. Now, one of the things that I think is in the way for people is trapped emotion. And knowing that you have the technique mastered of EFT, I'm sure that you will agree with me on this, and you too, Kat, that it helps a lot to clear out old trapped emotions. I think it allows the dreams to flow better, your guidance to flow better. I think when you've got trapped emotions, it's no better than a clogged drain. So tell us a little bit about how you got into that and how that leads into better health. Yeah, well, I was doing acupuncture and hypnosis uh, in, 19, in 2002 when we had Cheryl Richardson come to Duke as a keynoter for our, our last big integrative medicine conference. And she heard I was doing acupuncture and hypnosis and said, oh, oh you must uh, find out about EFT. And I'd not heard anything about it and started doing it a couple of days later and realized that that was a life-changing experience for me. And I'm, I'm grateful to Cheryl for having done that. And uh, I've been doing it every day since, so it's been a quite amazing experience. And do you find that it helps people with physical pain as well as emotional pain? Because that's one of the things I've been reading lately. Uh, yeah, I, I find that almost any symptom has an emotional component, and pain or, or uh, uh, many other autoimmune diseases, they all have some emotional mind-body component to it. And if we can address that with the tapping, uh, it can often shift their people's experience of their physical illness. But the most uh, dramatic example of that would be people who have uh, sinusitis and postnasal drip. Uh, really, if you look at it from the Louise Hay perspective, it's inner crying. The tears are trapped in the sinuses and they're not getting out. And they're running down the back of your throat, making you cough. And it turns out that you can combine the, the EFT with the dream work because often people who are grieving have had lost someone and then sometimes they've come back to them in a dream as a visitation. And I'll always reinforce that with them and say, look, you know, you've had an after death communication. That's important. And we can do tapping on the grief and your sinuses clear up. That's a huge benefit. Yeah. Rather than taking cortisones and things like that, you can actually get to the root cause, which can be trapped feeling so that's just an amazing use of this and again i think people that come to our show they want to become more psychic they want to be able to have more uh, you know clear guidance and again uh, the eft technique is is perfect because it allows them to get things out of the way 
so they can have what they want. And if that's their goal, then they can certainly have it with the help of some of these other things that clear things away. I mean, certainly, Kat, is, Kat you are tremendously intuitive, and you have a good set of monks on your side. So <laughs> you're one of the very blessed ones. But I know there's a lot of people out there who would love to be able to have that kind of guidance, but there's something that stops it. So I think EFT is worth looking into. And you're a very unusual physician, Dr. Burke. Well, when I tell people I'm a holistic radiologist, most people think that's an oxymoron. So, (laughs) (laughs) And and, and there's, but actually there's about uh, 15 of us around the country now. We have our own private Facebook page where we share, compare stories. Some of us have written books and, uh, and I think, uh, some of the radiologists got into it the same way I did through hypnosis for um, claustrophobia and the MRI scanner. Now, do you find that other physicians are open to this or they think you're going down a kooky road or what's your experience with, with your uh, contemporaries? Well, since I've been doing integrative medicine at Duke for, for 20, 20 plus years, I've kind of gotten used to, presenting to my colleagues always with a sense of humor so that they walk away going, was he serious about that or not? And, and scratching their heads. So, and, mm-hmm. and plus it helps to be able to cite yeah. the, the scientific literature. And, and, and although I've discovered that it's not the literature that really wins people over, it's more the experience. You know, if they have a personal health crisis or, or even a near death experience, uh, that is, potentially trans- transformative for them. So now that you have completed this book, Kat was saying that you've actually been asked to write a second book that would be all-encompassing with other diseases, other experiences. And Kat, would you give out your email again? Because you were asking people to write to you if they have a particular mm-hmm. story that you might want to include in the book. Right. Um, so it would be Kathleen, K-A-T-H-L-E-E-N, O'Keefe, O-K-E-E-F-E, Cannabis, K-A-N-A-V-O-S, dot com. And they can send me their stories, and then they can also send them to, to Dr. Larry Burke, and he will give you uh, – my email, though, is Katcan, K-A-T-K-A-N, at Comcast.net. And they can send them to Larry, too. I think he got one today from Coast to Coast last night. Yeah, and my website is uh, just LarryBurke.com or LarryBurkeMD.com. Uh, and the other place you can you can send them is to our Facebook page, which is just Dreams That Can Save Your Life Facebook page. Not good. Now, also, you have a wonderful space on the Internet for people to share their dreams and have conversations with other dreamers. And that one is dreamscloud.com. I went on it today. It's a very extensive site. And again, that's D-R-E-A-M-S cloud.com. It's, it's a wonderful site. Was this uh, something you guys did together? Now, that was the, they were the sponsor for my uh, dream research. Uh, I met them when I gave my very first presentation at the International Association for Study of Dreams. And they offered to sponsor the research. And it's uh, John Mark Emden is the CEO, and he has a big vision for, for really putting dreams in, into a prominent social media position. 
and he's just started a, a major dream research lab down in Austin, Texas, called, called Circadia Labs. And he's quite the successful businessman, but he has a passion for dreams and, and getting the word out. And he's found actually dream keeping a dream diary is much more popular in places like Spain and Portugal and Turkey than it is in the United States. So we're a little bit behind in that regard. And and some of the millennials are now learning to keep their their dream diary on, on their smartphone app, which you know you can get from them. So yeah, it's a wonderful site, and I hope everybody will go on it. It's uh, at least just to explore it, if not to join. It's free, and so you can look around. And if you have a dream, you want help interpreting, there's certainly available help there. Uh, you do have symbols there. Now, a lot of people want – I had a lot of texts come through while we were speaking with you, Kat, about how do you interpret your dreams? How do you get familiar? Because there's – we know there's personal symbology, and then there is kind of a universal symbology. What's the best way for people to get familiar with their own dream symbols? Well, by keeping a dream journal and writing your dreams down, your inner self that we were talking about before, your inner guidance, is going to teach you your own dream language. And that dream language is really important to you because one of the books in in the book, one of the stories is about a little girl who has leukemia, and uh, Dr. Kathy Kemper uh, is making her rounds at that time. And the, when she walks into the little girl's room really early in the morning, she's already sitting up in bed and all excited when Kathy walks in. And she says, um, my blood tests are going to be really good today. And Kathy said, how do you know that? She said, because the thermometer, the, the mercury in the thermometer was going up, up, up. Now, uh-huh. as a doctor, any other doctor would probably go, oh, my gosh, that dream means she's popped a fever because of the chemo, and now we've got a crisis. But the little girl what? knew her own dream, and she said the, the, the mercury in the thermometer was showing my blood cells were going up. So Dr. Kathy Kemper took her blood, sent it off, and the little girl was right. So you have oh. to learn your own dream language, and you learn that yeah. by keeping a dream journal. Yes, exactly. Yes, it's not that hard to do. And Dr. Burke, as you and I were discussing earlier today, people can now use their electronic devices and just get up in the morning, even before they get out of bed, and they can type something into their phone or whatever they're using, iPad or whatever, about their dreams. So, again, it's important to be consistent, though, isn't it? Uh, yeah, I mean, any like any habit, you know, the more you practice it, the, the, the better it is. And I always recommend setting the intention before you go to bed by putting your dream diary next to your bed and uh, and then writing a question with tomorrow's date on it. And, it. and it's just some question that's important to you at that moment in your, in your life that you want a dream answer to. And make sure you only ask one question, otherwise the dream world will get confused. And uh, you, you want... Uh, to, to get a clear message from your dream guides about the answer to that particular question. And it's amazing the, the, the kind of uh, information you can pull from the, uh, who knows where it comes from in the dream world, but it does come. And, uh, and it's, 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 it's a skill that, that, you know, you need to practice. Just like any sport or anything like that, you want to use that dream muscle so that you can begin to get the best possible answers for yourself. And mm-hmm. now, what about one of the things I've heard from people in my practice is that when they don't feel well, like chronically ill people, it's like they don't have the energy sometimes to 
remember their dreams. Sometimes it just goes black. Do you have any suggestions for people that are caught up in a chronic illness situation and they find themselves just so depleted they can't even remember their dreams? I'll have to defer to Kat on that one. Um, well, when I was going through chemo and I was I was going to bed at like 6.30 and 7 o'clock at night, <laughs> you know, and I'm a night owl. Um, and I, I had no energy and many of the women in my in my uh group didn't have any energy but when a dream is really really important uh you'll remember it your guides will wake you up and make sure that you uh remember it by writing it down at that time and a lot of times when you have a chronic illness your early morning dreams are will be the easiest ones to remember and if your spirit guides your guardian angels realize that they'll make sure that those are really vivid really lucid so that uh, they will give you some of their energy so that you can remember those dreams and when it comes to symbolism again i do believe in universal symbolism i know there are a lot of, of, of dream therapists who don't but i think you know like where i had the three crabs dream which was a precognitive dream showing me what was going to happen in the future i was going to have three cancers Crabs are universal symbolism for cancer, and just as pearls are a universal symbolism for a jewel, and my doctor within, my physician within was Dr. Jules, but a pearl is made from an irritant in a very soft part of a mollusk, and isn't that basically breast cancer when you've got mm-hmm. a little grain of calcium that creates the cancer, and in this dream, those crabs all turned into pearls. What a hopeful dream. It certainly worked out for you in a beautiful way. And again, it's, but you've been working on your dreams for a long time, right? It didn't just happen when you were not feeling well. No, it really <laughs> kind of did. I, I, I was always an avid dreamer, but I never had monks walk into my dream and, <laughs> and give me, you know, directions. Um, mm-hmm. I, I would have great dreams, remember them, write them down. Oh, this is fun. But it's a whole different story when you get uh, inner guidance coming in or guidance from another realm coming in and giving you specific directions with specific words uh, to save your life. And that's what all the stories in this book are about. A lot of these people were not avid dreamers. But when you're in a crisis, when you're in that darkest hour, it can become a defining moment when you listen to your inner guidance that comes through to you in dreams. Yes, and for a lot of the, especially the women in the book, they, again, had to get as aggressive as you did uh, to make sure that these doctors were going to listen to them and give them the test they really needed. I mean, it's amazing to me. And it's kind of sad also, uh, as much as it builds character, uh, it's really sad that those physicians that are referenced in the book did not want to listen and did not want to give those treatments. You had to get down on the floor and say you weren't leaving. <laughs> <laughs> so I, gave you the dream. I love it. That's great. I know. But Dr. Larry be- Burke doesn't know that dream yet. That's for the next book. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Oh, my goodness. You, you uh, okay. talked a lot in the book about the diagnostic aspects of these dreams, and you also talked about tonight on the show with us getting guidance for certain things uh, that you should eat, like ghee, which is a dairy-free butter. So that that was tremendous advice that you got. Now here's a question for both of you. What do you think the potential is 
for dreams to find number one the source of what's really causing an illness and i'm talking about major chronic diseases now because so many people that have this is an exponential crisis in our country and around the world that have chronic illness today whether it's ms or lupus or whatever there's a long list of them and yet the uh the cause eludes doctors and researchers what do you think about dreamers going for it, you know, forming groups to try to get to what's the cause of this and then follow up what's the treatment, what's going to cure these things? What do you think about that? I'll let you uh, go first, Larry. I, I, yeah, I think uh, one of the guys who I've been intrigued, dream teachers I've been intrigued by is Henry Reed, who teaches at the Edgar Casey Center. Uh, he talks a lot about doing dream circles where you actually have one person be the uh, the person with the problem, and you have a team of dreamers who are dreaming for that person. And uh, they, everyone sets the intention and incubates a dream overnight, and they come back the next day and they give the information to the person who's the, the dream target and see if they can, you know, get a breakthrough using all everyone dreaming at once for one person. And that, that's sort of like what's done in, in shamanic or in cultures or indigenous cultures as well. So I think there's a great amount of potential there and untapped resources and dream groups, I think are going to become very popular in the future. I certainly hope so, because I also see great potential there, especially with a group of people who all have the same condition. They're highly motivated to uh, be healed and to find out what in the world caused this to begin with. There's great mysteries here with chronic illness, and certainly the treatments have not risen to the level where they need to, to make a real difference in people's comfort and lives. So perhaps this is something uh, that could grow, like you're saying, and get popular, and people can come together. I, I mean, there's a lot of Facebook groups that where people go and they share information and it's wonderful i mean the information that i've seen about some of these illnesses on facebook rivals and surpasses any medical information i've ever seen because this is the stuff that works in the trenches this is the Mm -hmm. stuff that Uh, i think that one of the things we could hope for is that we would turn all the the cancer support groups in the country into dream groups, you know, that would be a, a, a good step in the right direction and teach everyone how to do EFT at the same time. Uh, I've always thought that the only way we were going to solve the healthcare crisis was to do things as groups uh, because that's the most cost-effective way to teach this. And it, plus you have the whole group support process going on as well. And I think that's potentially um, uh, an approach that could save us a lot of money and accelerate the healing process. Great idea. And you're actually bringing more spirituality into the whole healing process, which has been a largely missing element. So this would be fantastic. We certainly want to help you promote that in every way possible because this is something that's so needed. I mean, you look at the what they call the opioid crisis or whatever. I mean, it's just medicine, as we've identified it in the past, just isn't working the way we'd like it to work. Certainly, I would say we're the best in the world for crisis medicine, right? For accidents and things like that. But when it comes to ongoing illnesses, whether it be cancer or autoimmune, we don't really have it yet, right? Uh, that's true. And we have a long way to go. And unfortunately, I mean, there are 
you know, certain profit centers in the medical industries are making a lot of money uh, the way, the dysfunctional way that it's being delivered now. So uh, not, not introducing dreams and EFT back into the, uh, uh, into the mainstream medical culture uh, has tremendous potential, but the resistance is, okay, no one's got a patent on that. No one's going to make a lot of money off it, um, but people are going to heal. And so, so uh, there's some natural resistance to the business models that, that are in place right now. Uh, we, have, we have a ways to go to transform those. That's for sure. But again, this is what makes you so unique. I mean, how did you come to this? Because you were a traditionally trained MD. How did you get from there to here? Well, um, it started with hypnosis and, and, and then my claustrophobic patients either had to take um, a Valium pill by mouth, which didn't work very well, or I could give them intravenous Valium, which worked great because they wouldn't care where, where, where they were uh, after enough Valium. But the downside to that, and there's always you know, side effects to be considered, is sometimes people stop breathing when they get enough Valium. And when you're inside an MRI scanner and no one can see what, what you're doing and you stop breathing, uh, that's potentially fatal. So hypnosis was a great, my first introduction to really alternative medicine, and it worked very well for people, and we, we trained a lot of the staff at Duke back in the 90s, how to do it. And then we trained um, our MRI technologists in the last couple of years. So they at least have some basic skills to, to help people uh, use their own, you know, resources to get through a stressful experience in the hospital. That's great. Now, we heard from Kat about all of her dreaming experiences with the monks. What about you? What are your dreaming experiences well, like? You I've, ever had a I've warning? I've kept a dream diary for 30 plus years and I've had more warnings about other people's cancers than about my own. Actually, I, I've, I had uh, one dream about a skin cancer, which um, uh, got my attention and I managed, uh, I was, I had had a couple basal cell cancers taken off, mm-hmm. um, which are, you know, generally not very aggressive cancers, but the surgery is pretty brutal. And, and then a couple months after that, I saw another skin lesion, but it didn't look like a basal cell. It looked sort of more aggressive looking like maybe a melanoma. And Uh-oh. so I had a dream about a serial killer, which I thought was a bad sign. And oh, yeah. uh, I, started, I started doing tapping every day on all my fears about the, this lesion I was looking at in the mirror every day. And I started praying, and I scheduled a biopsy. And then I started doing another thing that I've discovered in the last few years, and that's putting iodine on it. So I put just straight uh, iodine you can order from Amazon, um, strong iodine. It's like 7%. And I put it on there every day and, and, and night, night and morning. And after a few days, it started to flake off. And the day before the biopsy, it completely fell off, and it was normal skin underneath. So I canceled the biopsy. Oh, my so. God. Oh, wow. So that's a, a, a little known a holistic remedy that, that's very useful to, to be aware of. But but the scary dream really pushed me to schedule the biopsy. And if it hadn't fallen off, I'd have been biopsied. So. Wow. Now, how did you know about the iodine? Did that come through your guidance? I think that was on the, on uh, that other source of guidance. And, and Kat writes in the book about the e-patient. I think I got that off the Internet. And, and it worked. <laughs> Good for you. 
And, that and is since a then, great other, experience. I've told other people about it, and it's worked for other people as well. So, That's yeah, great. it's a pretty pretty inexpensive approach because a bottle of strong iodine costs about twenty bucks. So, yeah. Oh boy, yeah. Well, there you go. If you follow the money, nobody's going to want to market that, but they don't need to because now you've shared this with our audience, so now everybody's going to know about this, which is great. So, thank you for sharing that. Now, you also talk in the book, which is so beautiful, I love this book so much, about helping people to get started. So what can you tell people about getting started with their dream journal and, you know, how to inspire themselves to continue this? What kind of just suggestions do you have for our audience tonight? Uh, the one thing I, I use, which I really liked in the last uh, couple of months, I used to write in my dream journal in the dark, and then I'd have a hard time deciphering what I read the next, what I wrote the next morning. <laughs> which was, so I bought a a little travel alarm clock, battery operated, with a red LED display, and the red light gives off just enough light so I can see the page that I'm writing on, but it doesn't disturb the pineal function, which it just gets disrupted. And, and messes with your circadian rhythms if you use white light or green light or blue light. So red light okay. is what you want to use. And, and that, that allows me to write down information. And then the next day, the first thing you're supposed to do is put a title on your dream so that you can easily refer back to it. And then I usually have people go through what I call a multidimensional approach to dream interpretation, which is Look at the dream from as many different angles as you possibly can. The Jungian, the, the, the uh, Freudian, uh, the social context, what you were thinking about the day before, um, and even as far as uh, uh, looking for symbols, animals in your dreams, um, looking for uh, wordplay or puns or sometimes a sense of humor in the dream world. And then look. you can also look at the dream at every character in the dream as a part of yourself. Um, so all these different perspectives I think are valuable, and they can all be true all at the same time. Um, so, And finally, ask if there are any precognitive dreams, because you won't find that, that out for a couple more days. So, Yeah, but that's my approach. Great. And Kat, you have an approach where you use an acronym. Can you tell us about that? Yes, I actually use um, the acronym SO dream which which uh, a lot of that is also what uh Dr. Larry said so you use the word uh so to start with that so the s is actually set your intention which is what he was talking about and you before you go to sleep you decide what it is that you want to dream about whether it's your health relationships whatever it is and then o is what uh Larry was talking about organize yourself have everything right next to your bed so that you don't have to hunt for it. Otherwise, you know, you're going to really be losing your dream while you're running around the bed, your bedroom trying to find a pencil and paper. And then D, dream. Tell yourself you're going to dream and that you will dream and, and dream. And then um, R for remember, when you first wake up in the morning, write down exactly what you're feeling. Sometimes you can't remember things in the dream, but you are going to feel what you were just dreaming. If it's a nightmare, you're going to be anxious. If it was a beautiful dream, maybe with a visitation from a deceased loved one, you're going to be happy, uh, sweet sorrow. Write that down. 
write that little bit of, of what you remembered. And then the E is emote. What part of the memory, after you write it down, gave you the most emotion? Because there's message connected to emotion. And your dreams are going to use that emotion to draw you back to that space. And then um, add to that. That's the A, add. Start building on remembering that dream. Don't try and remember the whole dream at once. You might be biting off more than you can chew if you're just a beginner dreamer. So add to it. And then M, what is the meaning for you with those emotions and the additions to the dream that you put in there? You know, go back and find out, is the thermometer going up, up, up mean your blood cells are going to go up, even though it means to somebody else that you're popping a fever? It's what it means to you. Your dream is yours. Nobody else can really interpret it like you can. And that's where you come into learning your own dream language. So, so dream. It's very easy. And it's in the book. So you don't have to write anything down. Just go to the book and go to that chapter and use that to help you remember your dreams. Well, it's all in here. The book is Dreams That Can Save Your Life, Early Warning Signs of Cancer Mm -hmm. and Diseases. Larry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. It sounded like you had something to add to that. No, I was just going to say that my approach is also in the introduction to the book. So, yeah, and it's on my website as well. So that's easy to get access to that. There's even a little video on my, underneath my coaching links, there's a video just a dream interpretation. It goes through the steps and it gives one of my dreams that I use to illustrate how that works. And also it, uh, it illustrates, the little video illustrates something else called a clarifying dream which is what you use when you have a, a dream you're confused about and you need more information, you ask for a clarifying dream the next night. And I did that in this example. And I've had other, uh, other people in the book have done the same thing, and I'm sure Kat has done that on many occasions. It also, it's called re-entering the dream, that you can go get more information. Yes, it's actually And we have that in the book, re-entering. Mm-hmm. Yes, and you also, uh, Dr. Burke, you did a TED Talk. Which was wonderful. Uh, we watched it today. Fortunately, they yes, it call it a censored TED Talk. you want to explain what that means? <laughs> yeah. yeah. For, for anyone out there who's ever given a TED Talk, they give you extensive coaching before you do the talk. And, and I was coached that I was supposed to approach everyone in the audience as if they were skeptic uh, so that it would meet TED's scientific standards. And I did that, and it was well-received. And I didn't make any extraordinary claims about dreams or anything, and I, I was actually very conservative. And so the talk did not initially get censored, and I had 7,000 views in a couple of months. And, and then I was so encouraged that I decided to, unfortunately, uh, what would we, we would call poke the bear, which means <laughs> uh, there was, every, every summer they offered the million-dollar TED Prize. Uh, which is money that's given in a competition to the TED speaker uh, who wins the prize, who can take their research to the next level and whatever they're doing. So I put in a pretty ambitious proposal for uh, a a dream research project to to win the TED prize. And a week later, my talk got censored. So that's how it happened. 
happened. Oh my gosh. Well, it's a wonderful talk and it's right on your website. There's a link to it and people can watch that uh, also. It's very informative. You did a great job. And I think you should have won the prize. So. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, I agree. <laughs> and of course, now there's a red banner which blocks the view of the, of the images. So you have to know to click on the little X in the upper right-hand corner of the box uh, of the red frame. To, to watch it. So yeah. Well, now everybody knows how to find it and how to view it. Get rid of that red box, a horrible thing that they put there, and it's easy enough to do by clicking on that X. Now, um, let me also ask you, was there anything when you were doing the book that really surprised you? Any particular uh, dream story or anything that really took you back a bit? By far uh, the most surprising thing, other than the fact that the women knew exactly where the breast cancers were, was that here I had all these intuitive women, you know, responding to my survey and I discovered that many of them were using their dreams to heal, not just to make the diagnosis. And the most surprising element of the, of the healing process was that many of them got very specific dream guidance to get lots of chemotherapy. And I thought, oh, I was expecting them to get dream guidance to get take herbs or this diet or whatever. And one of my friends did get uh, guidance to get take start eating wheatgrass directly from a dream um, yes. but most of the other dreamers had fairly aggressive cancers that required high doses of chemotherapy and so that was shocking to me that that, that the dream world was saying you need chemo and a lot of it you know and uh, so uh, and now yeah I thought that was very surprising and then, and then uh, Wanda Birch is one of the dreamers and she has a wonderful dream story about dreaming her toxic bags of chemotherapy hanging from an IV pole with XXX on them, poison. And then in the oh. dream, it goes down the tubes into her arm. As it's going into her arm, it turns into energy food in the dream. So being a, a smart dreamer, she made a guided meditation out of her own dreams and listened to them during her chemotherapy sessions. And at the end of the, when she finished all her chemo, and when she's all done, the doctor's looking back through the records and said, there must be some mistake. You got twice as much chemo as anyone else uh, that I've been treating, and you didn't have any side effects. Oh, my goodness. See? That's amazing. Now, you did have someone in the book that went to see John of God. Exactly. Ladies, before Everybody. he, before uh, Dr. Larry Burke gets into that, I have to jump because I'm getting ready to get onto another show that he's not going to be on. So I just want to thank you so much for having me on the show, Patricia and PK. I loved it, and um, I look forward to to listening to this again. Well, thank you. The podcast, and please keep us posted on your next book. We can't wait to have you back. Thank you so much. Thank you. Good night, everybody. Go ahead, Larry. Sorry, I had to interrupt. Bye-bye. Thanks. I can talk for a few more minutes before that show starts because Kat's got to get us set up there. So, um, yeah. That's great. John of God is Uh, where we were going. Yeah, and I have friends who have been to John of God, and I've been to Brazil but didn't go to see John of God because I didn't really want uh, an unsterile forceps stuck up my nose. So, um, (laughs) But it turns turns out that that's that's not what happens. 
majority of people just go there for that to be in the in the psychic current uh, at the casa, and and that's what one of the ladies who was in our uh, study, uh, you know, she was doing everything she thought she needed to do, but she knew there was something extra she needed to do, and she went to, to see John of God, and it, it actually was very transformative for her, and. It also reminded me of my, the favorite book that I give to all my cancer patients now, which is Radical Remission uh, by Kelly Turner. You can easily go to RadicalRemission.com to find that book, which takes you through the, the nine different methods that the people in her study uh, used to heal their cancer. And they were all stage four cancer patients who basically oh got God. kicked out of hospice. They failed hospice. That's, that's what we call that. So, and <laughs> Only, only two of the techniques have anything to do with take this herb or change your diet. The rest of them are all mind, body, spirit. You know, fire all the negative people in your life. You know, pray, go see John of God, whatever you need to do. And one of the and there's each of the nine categories is illustrated by one particular story. And one of the stories is about a guy with a malignant brain tumor who goes to um, uh, Brazil and spends a couple of years at John of God's Casa and then comes back and then the brain tumor is gone. So. Amazing. Well, that's also an inspiring story. I mean, again, people made their own choices about the kinds of treatment they got. And it's this is just a very exciting new field. And you're certainly on the leading edge of that, Dr. Burke, which is so wonderful. And we can't Thank you enough and Kat enough for coming on the show tonight and sharing all of this great, profound information with people. I really hope that the people listening tonight will just pull out a dream journal or make a space for it on their iPhone or Android or whatever they use and start doing the work of their dreams. It's, it's just so important. And like you're saying, this can change the face of medicine completely. And, and it feels like the next logical step in integrated medicine is in, in, the, in the book where, you know, the, the dreamers are integrating their very holistic dreams with all the technology that's used to find different types of cancer. So they're, they're working together with the conventional techniques. The same thing is true in their healing process. So I look at it as not either, not an either or conversation, but a, a both and conversation. So. Yes, which is great, which hopefully will gain more uh, acceptance in the medical community, even though there's not a lot of money to be made out of dreams, but it should be dreams over drugs, right? At least that's something to consider. That's a a good place to start. That's for sure. (laughs) Well, this has been wonderful, Dr. Burke. Now, for people who want to join your, uh, your research study, is it over now or is completed? Are you going to be doing another one? Well, I'm doing uh, another small research project just at, at Duke for the women who come in for breast biopsies to check whether they're having any dreams but when they come for breast biopsies. That's the small study we're doing right now before we hopefully someday in the future when we get some funding do a bigger study. And uh, But we're collecting, you know, case information for the next book. So if you've had a prophetic dream that and you have a diagnosis and proof, we'd love to hear about that. Or if you have a healing dream, same thing. We'd love, love to hear that as well. So, okay. Either at my yeah. website, you know, LarryBirth.com, or on our Facebook page, Dreams That Can Save Your Life. Dreams That Can Save Your Life is the one on Facebook. Okay. Or Larry yeah. Burke, which is B-U-R-K.com. 
So I know you have to run, Dr. Burke. We're going to let you run, and we'll finish off the show. And thank you again so very much for the great work that you're doing and this wonderful book, Dreams That Can Save Your Life, Early Warning Signs of Cancer and Other Diseases. Thank you. Excellent. Thanks. Appreciate being on yes. the show. Oh, anytime. Have a good night. Well, can't wait to have you back. So sure. now, PK, are you going to start keeping track of your dreams or what? I'm going to have to because, you know, you've been pushing it for a while, and I keep thinking <laughs> about it, and I always use this phrase. I'm not going to stop. I don't remember my dreams. But you know what? Of late, I'm starting to pay attention. It may not be a full dream. It may be a little vignette, word or two that gets it back the next morning. So you've talked me into it, young lady. I'm oh, going to right. start well, being is- more cognizant. As Kat said, you know, you can also write down a feeling. So it doesn't even have to be words. It can be just a feeling, and that's good enough to start with. So you don't have to do a big, long thing. But I am so happy to hear you say that you're going to start doing this. I think you'll really get a lot of value, as everybody will, out of paying attention to your truth. You've got your own inner guru. It's just that we've been taught to ignore it forever. Time to, you know, listen listen to the supernatural We've got a lot of well, great things to share with you to make your life so much better. If you want to become more psychic, intuitive, and I hear that, you know, we hear that all the time from our listeners. Mm-hmm. Here's a great way to get started with it or to enhance what you already have. Now, next week, we've got a board-certified psychiatrist. Dr. Gallagher is going to join us. And guess what he's going to say? Demons are real. Do not miss the show next week this is groundbreaking dr gallagher will be with us same time 7 30 to 9 on blog talk radio make sure you tune in everybody until then we'll see you on the blue highway good night good night thanks for listening tune in next week for another radio adventure with supernatural